Stars right now. Merry Christmas, all Chicago Bears fans. What a wonderful gift for Bears fans today as the Seahawks hand the Chicago victory, Bears a victory, and that's not taking anything away from the efforts of a, a number of Chicago Bears who continue to fight for all four quarters for the victory. I'm very happy for those players, very happy for Bears fans who appreciate victories. I am one of them, and I know that my man, Tyler Ellis is one too. Tyler, you're on uh, mute there, so tell us your thoughts on the game, brother. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it was it was it was a good effort, Aldo. I mean, it was like did they really just win. Is this what it feels like to actually win the game? <laughs> L- little Christmas teaser. Obviously, we we love um, singing our Bears fight song every chance we get. At the end of the day, we want to see W's here, and actually, hopefully, there was a good audition. Like you got to feel happy for these players. A lot of different players stepped up that were able to put some good film out there. We don't know where, where these players will be at. So it's pretty cool for them to put together a win. Nick Foles getting his first start, the, the guy, putting together some good drives. I saw a lot of cool little things out there. We were talking about over 11-plus receivers, Aldo. We talking about a running game. What? And so um, it, 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 it was very cute. It was very, it was very, very cute to see, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. About a running game. What? And so um, it, it, it was very cute. It was very, it was very, very cute to see. Oops, and I got a problem yeah. here. Let me fix that. Game. Okay. What? We had, and so um, it, 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 it was very an cute. echo. Do you hear it an echo? Very, very I do. I got a – okay, I think I fixed it. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, yeah, very cute indeed, uh, you were saying. And you know what? But this underlines to me the – um, stupid approach Ryan Pace has taken to building this team. Uh, Nick Foles should have been the backup quarterback from day one. We should have never acquired Andy Dalton. When they drafted Justin Fields, this team should have immediately been handed over to Justin Fields. He should have had all of the first team reps. He should have had all of the preparation needed for game one, week one of the season, and not be afraid that he was going to play Aaron Donald and figuring you need to put a, a, a veteran there. No, they should have handed over the keys to Justin Fields and let him develop with this team. You had Nick Foles in there who has – shown to be a capable backup over the years. In fact, that's what he's best at, coming in and filling in for a handful of games during the season, even to the point where he took the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady in that role. He was not the number one quarterback. Carson Wentz was, and when he went down with injury, Foles did enough to win a Super Bowl. And 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 so for Ryan Pace to spend all of those resources on Andy Dalton when that money could have been used elsewhere to bolster up uh, areas of the team that they were weak in. And we know that there's plenty of weaknesses on this football team. Uh, Instead, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy concocted this plan to bring in the red rifle 
uh, who, of course, has been a major disappointment because of his injury issues, and he never really took the offense to that level in the games that he played, never took the offense to that level that Pace and Nagy probably thought that he could, uh, and it didn't happen. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, spit on the Chicago Bears win, but that's the reality. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that tomorrow Matt Nagy might be fired. He might be told. We'll see what his mood is in the press conference uh, coming up. But uh, the, the Bears would have a chance then to begin the interview process if he is fired. What's your gut feel, Tyler? Do you think that Matt Nagy is going to finish the season as the head coach of the Chicago Bears? I mean, it's just, it's like. The question is, do I think my franchise is a team that's ready to move forward or not? Because we all want them to be ready to move forward because we're sick and tired of it. But sometimes these CEOs and corporate, they have this other, they might have a bird's eye view and they're like, oh, it'll be okay. We'll fix it in 10 years. <laughs> as long as the money's coming in. We want we want immediate um, gratification. We want immediate change. Show us that you care. And we don't know, Aldo. It's like it seems like every other team in the NFL is a team that wants to move forward. The Jaguars, like getting rid of their coach. We got so many other teams firing their positional coaches, getting rid of those cancers out of their organization. And it seems like we're just going with the flow. My gut feeling is, I don't know, because I'm on pins and <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do. If I get married to one idea, they're probably going to do the opposite. And so I'm just having faith that like. Somebody is watching this and somebody's coming to help because you can only go through bad for so much longer. Mm -hmm. What uh, was so impressive for whoever is going to be coaching this team next week and next season was the effort on the part of guys like Darnell Mooney. I put up on Twitter that last catch that he had uh, where he just fought for yards after the catch and and uh, David Montgomery all game long fighting hard for that extra yard. Other players were just doing all the right things, despite the fact that they don't have, you know, the, the, the coaching, they don't have the support system around them uh, to, to be a part of a great team, but they, their individual efforts were outstanding. Uh, Tyler, I'll ask you. Uh, and then, uh, and then after your response, we'll get Danny in here. Uh who, which one of uh, which Bears player, name a name or, or a couple of names, really impressed you with their effort today, their no fight effort, and can continually going uh, after uh, the extra yard or the tackle or whatever to uh, show that they are worthy of being a Chicago Bear? Man, it's like <laughs> I honestly got like three. <laughs> I, I, I honestly have three. But I'll just give you one. I, well, I was about to say one offense defense. But this, this, the two guys for me, the two guys for me was, it was Nick Foles and my man Newsom. Those those two guys for me because we've been we've been bang, I know Badge from the Barfly Tailgate. He's been banging the table for my man Newsom all season long, and we just wanted this guy to just to get some quality reps and for a wide receiver with with the, with the punt return and the big catch. I mean, it wasn't a, a splashy day, but that first down, his first career reception being a first down for Nick Foles, and then the, then the punt return, it was just these flashes. Aldo, we're not looking for superstars right now. We're not going to playoffs. I'm looking for flashes. Who wants to be developed? Who wants to say, hmm, teach me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Who's going like, the, the, we're, we're completely out. So for us to be completely out and for Nick Foles to come in here and execute the way that he did, I felt like Nick Foles knew where to go with the football. I haven't seen that over the past couple of weeks, Aldo. We're talking about five, seven plus, seven plus people getting more than one reception. In my opinion, 
that's just like I saw I saw a spark. As sadly as it is, or whatever it is, with my eyes, my eyes told me as I saw a spark. Even when a blitz came, when an un, unplanned blitz came, D gap on the right side, Nick Foles didn't hesitate. He just threw it up, and we ended up getting the flag on that play for a first down. Like things like that, because we we don't want Justin to take hits. We don't want Justin to throw interceptions. But we've been asking for Justin to check the hot route, check the hot route. And I just saw some of these things from a veteran um quarterback as a Nick Foles. He just that's that's who that's who he is. But those two guys for me, I can pick. There's a lot of guys I can pick. But I just want to get some off the cuff guys for Nick Foles to come in and play like that and get a W in the fourth quarter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to Nick Foles. He hadn't played all season. Uh, he comes in, you know, he knows this offense better than anyone else, and and he's he's the only guy that I have seen from uh, the Bears offense who has challenged Matt Nagy with his scheme and telling him, you know, certain things don't work in your system. And he went out there and he played uh, 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 really hard and, and and he played winning football. So credit to Nick Foles. Danny Shimon now joins us. Uh, Danny, how are you, brother? Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys as well and to all of our, our fans and listeners. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, pretty – pretty uh, for what started out as, as an ugly kind of, uh, you know, winter game. It's like nobody wanted to watch. Both teams not going anywhere. And uh, a lot of question marks on both sides, I mean, in terms of the Seattle Seahawks, in terms of the Bears and all that stuff. And just uh, then it just turned to an exciting game uh, towards the tail end there. And then, obviously, the Bears pull it out. Uh, Matt Nagy coaching like he's got nothing, nothing else to, to do. I mean, uh, you know, even if he loses this game, you know, he doesn't get that two-point conversion. Oh, well, you know, so he's like, figure, let's go and go get the victory. And when uh, Demir Bird makes a great one, <laughs> the catch, mm-hmm. two-point conversion. So, uh, yeah, it, was, it turned out to be a pretty exciting game. Um, uh, you know, Bears gave us came out of victory. And, of course, I want the Bears to win, uh, not so they can save Matt Nagy's jobs, just so they can worsen that draft pick for, for the Giants. I don't want to give the Giants a top 10 pick or, you know, having them have two two top 10 picks makes it look kind of kind of bad there. But anyway, um, yeah, so uh, it was it was a it was a nice game towards the end there, but uh, plenty of mistakes. We still saw some of the, you know, the discombobulated offense. You know, some some really weird screen setups, some some bad offensive line play. You know, Tevin Jenkins, uh, you know, uh, got hurt apparently in the, in the first series, uh, but then I see him sitting on on the bench, uh, looking like he's just you know ready to get back into the game, but. They stick with a Fetty at, at right tackle for some reason and, and move Borum, who I, I thought did an okay job at left tackle. To me, he looks much better on the right side than does it at left tackle. But uh, um, you know, I, I would prefer to see the young guys out there, you know, get some more experience and playing time, especially in, in conditions like today where your footing isn't tremendous. You're going up against some decent pass rushers with with Dunlap and, and Green on the other side, you know, with, with the Seahawks. So, uh but yeah, I mean, in terms of just 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 going off the question, I just heard you ask uh, as Tyler here in terms of guys who kind of impressed me with their with their effort. I think offensively, I think David Montgomery. I mean, that guy's there is no question that this guy is the best player currently on the Bears offense. I mean, this this offense should and needs to run through David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You know, he should he should get twenty plus carries a game, maybe about another five or ten catches in the passing game as well. The guys really improved it in terms of as a pass catcher, and and Nick Foles. You know, uh, uh, hat tip off to Nick Foles. Hasn't played you know all year long. Uh, comes in uh, and does a you know does a solid job in terms of managing the game. Nothing spectacular, nothing nothing great, but it's a, it's a nice veteran quarterback. And I tweeted out recently. I said, you know what? I would not mind it one bit. I know his contract is a little bit hard to move, so I would not mind it one bit if he is the, the backup here next year to uh, to Justin Fields. Because I, if you notice lately, Nick Foles is is there on his side on, on the bench next to Fields, talking to him when Fields comes off the you know off the sidelines off the, off, out of the game. He's always in his ear, always coaching him up. And I think even Justin has referred to him, 
Nick Foles that is is being a, another coach on on the you know on the on the team as well. So, you know, uh, uh, you always it doesn't hurt to have a nice good veteran backup quarterback, and I think Nick Foles just kind of proved that he could be um, the, the very a veteran backup next year. Yeah, and Danny, I know you missed the start of the show. I started the show by saying th- this is another example of Ryan Pace's mismanagement of the team. This is what uh, uh, Foles should have been this season. They knew they were going to acquire a quarterback in the draft. Why not then uh, settle for Foles as your backup quarterback and acquire a quarterback in the draft and immediately announce him the number one quarterback, give him all the preseason reps, develop him for week one versus the Rams. That should have been the plan. Now, I know that they panicked a little bit because they want, according to reports, they went after Russell Wilson. And when that trade fell apart, they said, well, we got to get a starting quarterback. And But they, they last year they said the same thing. And 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 they acquired Nick Foles, so they're they're doing it again. This was just a prime example of them not having the guts of their own convictions a year earlier. They should have gone with Foles, and if Foles had to be the emergency number one quarterback this season, because whoever they drafted or managed to acquire during the draft process didn't live up to expectations, then you're stuck with Foles. But to spend all that money on Andy Dalton for one season and allow this team to go uh, without other needed players at other positions is GM malpractice. And uh, so, Danny, what your thoughts on, on my philosophy? Well, I, I tend to agree with you, but I think the only thing there is is they knew or they, they didn't know that they were going to be able to go up and get you know one of these five quarterbacks. So I think they were kind of just protecting themselves, saying, hey, we can't just go in with just Nick Foles as our starting quarterback this year because because of what happened last year and all the question marks and this the you know all the questions running our, our job security so they brought another veteran Andy Dalton figure hey worst case scenario we're going with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles battling for the starting position and now you know we'll see how it goes but then they were they were able to move up in the draft get Justin Fields and now now it became to a point where all right well now we got three guys and they couldn't you know unload uh Nick Foles so they just end up riding him Throughout the season, now you know hindsight being twenty twenty. Obviously, if you knew you're going to get Justin Fields, obviously I would just keep Nick Foles. Do what you just just said right now, Aldo, and have him come in and, and compete with, with with Justin for that starting position, so on and so, and not not waste ten million dollars on Andy Dalton. But you know, I think going forward, I think if, if you keep bringing Nick Foles back because of that contract, bring him back next year as, as a backup of Justin Fields, you could do worse, much worse in, in the NFL. So just but to finish me, up, go ahead. Let, let me just add this thought: Davis Mills is two and one in his in the last three games as a starter 800 passing yards five touchdowns passes uh two and one record that was the that should have been your plan b you can't get any of the top five quarterbacks in this draft then in the second round you got to do whatever is necessary to acquire davis mills who was on your list danny and i think on tyler's list that 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 tier top tier two quarterback in this draft and this guy has shown that he can play football he doesn't have the skills of a justin fields he doesn't have the athleticism and so forth but he would have been a good consolation prize uh, in this draft for the chicago bears and so you go into the season with Foles and mills it's not sexy but at least you you're building towards something and who knows maybe even andy dalton would still have been available and then you go after andy dalton so it's just to me again uh, uh uh and i guess i have a built-in prejudice now towards ryan pace because it seems like everything he does he can't he doesn't do right like before the game he's out on the field in his suit in a snowstorm 
I mean, did, didn't you prepare for a snowstorm? Chicago I mean, tough, although Chicago I, tough. Come I, on, I, you had Nagy, you had Nagy yelling and screaming last week on the showing that fashion, the fire and passion you want. You have Ryan Pace, Mister All Clean Cut Built, you know, showing Chicago toughness, wearing just a suit in the snow. He, he's, they're giving you what you want, although they've been listening to the show here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, a- a- absolutely. Uh, 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 Tyler, your thoughts on uh, Davis Mills. Do you, do you think the Bears would have uh, had a, a, a terrible season with Davis Mills quarterback in the team? I mean, it's hard to, it's, God, gentlemen, it's still hard if we start picking, wishing players because it still would have been the same system because Davis Mills, Davis Mills was probably developed all offseason. He <laughs> got some reps. He probably got a few reps in there. Who knows? But it's the fact of the matter is Justin is it's how it's not about what we get is what we do with what we got once we have it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the situation. Um, what are we doing with the cards that were dealt? And like, I understand being mad at Ryan, but then it's on coach to say who's ready, who goes on the field or not. That's what that's what that's what competent coaches are for. You got a, um, a Graham. You got these you got these hidden gems throughout the team and you don't know who's supposed to be on the field. That's on the development staff. That's on the coach. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's the GM's job to get the talent there. David Mills, yes, out of yeah, but it's at the same same time, we had an opportunity to get Justin Fields. We didn't think that was going to happen. Like we didn't, we didn't. I thought he was going to be gone within the first two picks. David Let's Montgomery is at the podium. Let's see what he's got to say. He knows how to kind of. He's talking about Foles. Situations. He's been in them plenty of times. He knows how to maneuver through them. He knows how to be sure that we all stay poised. And um, that's what Nick did. So uh, he, he's special. He's always going to be special. I'm grateful to have him on this team. This is the key fighting. Um, of course, the season it hasn't been going the way we wanted to wanted it to go, or, or we plan for it to go. But we always know that um, opportunities are always limited when you get into the NFL. Um, and we made a plan before the game is just emptying out the cup, giving everything that you had, and um, that's what we did. Um, I've never played in anything like that. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> First time in a snow game. Wow, I'm surprised. It was fun though. Did you say it wasn't slippery or icy? It was more so like the surface of the snow, like the the snow was on top of the surface of the turf. So like I couldn't really put my foot in the ground and get vertical like I wanted to. But luckily, towards the end of the game, it, it began to clear up. To the stadium? Oh, I don't know. I was asleep. You were asleep. You were asleep yeah, yeah, I was asleep. You had no idea if it was five minutes or an hour. Yeah, no, nah, I was asleep. Yeah, I used to get a tap on my leg when it's time to get off the bus. Um, you know, like I said, when you got somebody like a season as him and he knows what it looks like. Uh, when he's calm, I mean, he can't. You can't do anything else but be calm. He got the most pressure on him. He's the quarterback, so um, to have him as calm and poised as he is, um, it's special. Um, so we just kind of follow his lead. Did you have a feeling early in the week that, that coach was starting? Um, I don't know. I just was rolling with who was there. 
and um, it was well, it was Nick, obviously. So um, he was able to go out there and get us a dub. You're you're on mute, Aldo. Man, oh man, that's two <laughs> that's two times in two weeks. I am getting old. <laughs> um, David Montgomery meeting the media after the Chicago Bears one point win over the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, he's praising uh, Nick Foles his his veteran leadership, how calm he is in uh, in the huddle, and that is of course you know so valuable, particularly you know. Justin uh, Justin Fields himself praised Nick Foles for the coaching and the mentorship that he's bestowed upon uh, uh, Fields, which is so it's another reason why I think that you should have gone with this two headed quarterback of Foles and Fields this season, just because you you can trust that uh, uh, Foles is just going to be a good mentor and tutor for for the young quarterback. Tyler, your thoughts, especially especially um, on that topic out though because not only is Nick Foles telling him something on the sideline he went out there and showed it and got a W and so everything that he had already previously told Justin just like all right cool I'm gonna listen to you because I just saw what you just did you just outplayed Russell Wilson <laughs> like <laughs> and, and and like here and so it just it just it just validated everything he was doing before and just to that point in a game where your starting tight end and your starting running back led you in receiving that's a powerful game and so when your running back have as a hundred yards, it was it was rushing and receiving. That's dope. In this weather, Cole commits still come up with forty plus catches. Like he was still before, he was still trying to plow over people. It was really really cool. It was really cool for. It was really it was fun. It wasn't. It, we know what's not the playoff. Is now we want, but it was still fun football to watch because it did start grinding. Rashad Penny, they was going through our line. Our line, it was like they was blocking left and right. I thought Penny Penny had like almost fifty yards in the first half. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, what kind of is this? Is this game going to get away from us? It was seven seven for a little bit, but then all of a sudden seventeenth. And so it was like, but it was just funny how Nick Foles just kept the pace. He just kept going to the open guys, taking these little, these little, these these little things. And so it was just, it's funny when our team plays football whenever they want to. <laughs> we play down to the competition always. You guys have a problem with the fact that there was a club da- dub dance after the game, or do you think you know? Hey, this is for the players. It's up to them. You know, it, it's it's for them, and we should stay out of it. What are your thoughts, Danny? I mean, to me, it's 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 a player's locker room. It's the you know the the, the coaches and those players in there, the leaders in there, set that tone. And if they feel like they need to you know uh, release their energy and, and and celebrate a victory, it's been what their fifth victory in the season. So it's like, you know, that's nothing for me to, to talk about, but uh, you know, it, it just, just so, you know, club dub will be going away pretty soon anyway. So, uh, so <laughs> let, let, let them celebrate, you know, one or tw- once or twice more this season. <laughs> well, what we, and what we got to remember is, is it, it is hard to win in the NFL and it, it's, it's hard to win in the NFL. And at the same time, a lot of these guys, football is not forever. And so, like, how many you judge by wins and losses? Yeah, yo, celebrate your win because we might not. We didn't think they were going to win this game. We didn't think they were going to win another freaking game for the season. Maybe the Giants, but what if they don't win another game? Like, dang, maybe we should have celebrated that last Bears victory. Like, <laughs> what bothered? I'm sorry. Huh? What bothered me more was Marquise going dancing on the field in between timeouts. Like, dude, get I mean, your head in the game. It's it's like like that's like you know, act professional. Yeah, you know, I know but, it's a timeout. But, Danny, but, 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 but Danny, gotta, at, the, at the same time, bro, you gotta enjoy the moment, man. Life is short, bro. Life, yeah, life, like, 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 I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I know what you mean, and you're right. They're losing. But the time. that's the thing that they were losing at the time too. I mean, he that's was in the moment. 
I feel you, bro, but he was probably in the moment. Sometimes you got to sit back and relax and like, you know what? I got the best job in the world. They're paying me money to do this right now. And I get you. I feel you. But sometimes it's like, sometimes like, what if just like, I know you're not thinking that way, but just like, what if he couldn't walk anymore? Just the silly things like that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to sit back and relax. I'm playing football on a snowy, we're playing backyard football on a snowy day. And they're paying us for it. And so it's like, at the end of the day, you got to enjoy life because the, the the owners and the GMs, they're going to trade you like property. As soon as somebody comes along cheaper cheaper and younger, you're obsolete. So you might right. as well enjoy it while no, you yeah. can. It's, uh, my thing is like, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to harp on them for dancing clubbed up after the, after they win the game. That's their thing to do it. That's fine. I have no problem with that. My thing was during the game, while you're losing during a timeout, you're dancing on the field. And that's, that's, that's where for me is like, you're right, dude, let, let's get act professional here. Let's try and get this victory. And then you can go do all your dancing you want to do and clubbed up. That's all I'm trying to say. A lot of uh, interesting uh, responses to the question in the chat room. It's almost 50, 50, you know, let them celebrate the win. But at the same time, some people are concerned that you celebrate uh, so much after this poor record, your, your, your culture is that then of a losing culture and you're satisfied with a win every four or five games. So I can see uh, points of view on both sides of that uh, for, for sure. Um, uh, Danny, I wanted to ask you about the play of a couple of players that perhaps you might have been focused on while you watched the game. Anyone in particular that you want a spotlight for their play? Yeah, first of all, Thomas Graham Jr., I think uh, – I know he got beat early on that that, D- that DK Metcalf long touchdown. The one thing he's going to learn, he's a rookie. Are you, if you come up in press man coverage uh, against DK Metcalf, get your hands on him. Uh, he, he just totally didn't even have a chance to, to kind of touch him or reroute him at the line of scrimmage. And Metcalf ran a nice clean route there and, you know, beat him at the release there and just kind of – Metcalf for a 6'4 guy runs a 4'3", some 40, even in snow. So he's, he's a big, fast, tall guy. So rookies th- – those things happen. It was a rookie mistake. But I think he came back – he let that play kind of, kind of, you know, put put his head down and, and just kind of, you know, his head between his legs and just kind of you know, let that rest of the game go. Came back. I love the competitive toughness he plays with. I love the aggressiveness he plays with, especially in run defense. Uh, I think this kid is, is is. I was excited when they got him out of Oregon. I think this kid's a keeper. Uh, whether he's going to be the starting uh, outside corner or whether he's going to be pushed back inside to the slide, I think this is a guy that that uh, that Ryan Pace found in, in the in the sixth round that I think is going to come and stay on this roster for for a while. So I think he kind of showed out well uh, th- this week. Didn't have the big game as as he did last week when he was more in the spotlight, but still I think he you know he kind of represented himself well, especially after that that initial the big touchdown play that he gave up. Uh, the other guy that you know continues to play well is, is Roquan Smith. I think it was eight tackles in, in the books, two tackles for loss. I think he continues to play his, his stellar, stellar brand of defense uh, throughout this throughout the season. And, and I think and Robert Quinn again. Robert Quinn came in with with a, another sack. He's up to what is it now? Seventeen sacks. I think he's half half sack behind Richard Dent's record to tie him. So I think he continues to, to play well as well. So those guys on defense really. Really, to me, uh, you know, show it out. And I touch, I'll touch on earlier in terms of Montgomery on offense and then also Nick Foles coming in and playing well. But in terms of the rookies, you know, uh, you know Graham Jr. really kind of, I think, um, uh, played, a, played a solid game. Not a great game, but a solid game. And I think uh, Borum, you know, again, he was thrown into to the left tackle position. Not sure why wasn't he starting at right tackle over Jermaine Fetty. Like I said, I do not want to see Jermaine Fetty playing on this, on, this, uh, on this football team unless there was an injury. And Bourne was healthy. He was and eventually moved over to, to left tackle. I, I think kind of unfairly, especially in these kind of conditions where you don't have the great footing. You know, you, th- you go up against you know speed rushers like a Carlos Dunlap, and I, he gave up a sack. 
uh, didn't have any holding penalties or any false starts, which is which is a positive. Um, but you know, I, I think he acquitted himself nicely. I, I do do still like him over at right tackle eventually, uh, but I think he's another guy that the more he plays, the more experience he gets, I think the better he's going to end up getting as well. So I think Borma could be another nice find in the fifth round potentially. You know, it's it's funny that you spotlight Roquan. I didn't particularly think Roquan had that good of a game. I'll show you one play in particular. This was a big run by Rashard Penny, and Roquan just gets blown away, away. I mean, way, way away. You'll see a different angle of it coming up here. The number fifty-eight for the Chicago Bears. There he's there. He is. He's blocked. He's he, first of all, he read the play incorrectly, and maybe that's his gap or something. Danny, perhaps you can explain, or Tyler. I know you played the linebacker position, yeah. but I. Just, like there were some plays there where Roquan uh, did not impress me today. It felt like he, oops, felt like maybe he was a little bit upset that he wasn't picked for the. There was play. a couple, and there was there was a couple for both both ways. Aldo, like on that particular play, he just couldn't catch his footing. He couldn't right. get grounded at all, and that's what happened. And he was he moving laterally. Blocker, yep. he, he was moving laterally and getting pushed by somebody pretty strong. And so that's just that just that just that just weighs on you. But then at the same time, he was coming downhill nicely. There was some nice, um, some nice hooks catches that he came in. He was laying the wood today. I yeah. thought Lockett was going to have a fumble, and so was it. In this particular weather, it's just hard, it, footing is everything, and you got to just like, and then you got to, and then also if you land a certain way, you want to make sure you put your foot up a certain way and you don't twist it and turn it because you can get so used to just turning your body a certain kind of way. But in particular weather, that's when injuries and twisting of the knee can happen. So you, he was being careful. He was being careful on that particular thing. He had to be careful because nothing he could do. He was already he couldn't get planted because of the layer of ice and snow on top of it already. So in that particular, so he did get washed. That was a clean wash. But I saw him come back after that and lay the wood. And so, and and that's why I kind of agree with both ways. He did the best he could in this weather. It's cool that we got the W because the way it looked earlier, you thought Penny was going to have 125 yards rushing the way he was getting on us. But then they start. We, we clamped down. We clamped down in the middle, like Danny said. Just the the, the, the summer pressures from Quinn and these guys, the, the young young man Gibson. Just the fact that we were able to show these pressures, we would take advantage of a struggling Russell Wilson. This is the first losing record, the first losing season that the Seattle Seahawks have had. And, like, what a coincidence that the Bears, of all teams, actually shows up. Every team is, like, doing um, horrible until they play us, and then we just, they, all of a sudden the team gets up. And so it was just really cool to see that the team, this team, that got packed together, beat. DJ Metcalf, these guys are like these guys are top fantasy guys. <laughs> like these guys, these Russell Wilson is an MVP. So for us to come in here and actually put some type of clamps on them, it's pretty. It's pretty. I, I wouldn't say impressive because John, like Tyler, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm uh, not sure who this is at the podium. Anybody recognize the face? It looks like a defensive back. Let's see uh, if we can get a name uh, from the audio. Uh, from whom? Oh. You know, they passed it off, and uh, I saw the opening. I kind of just stood there, and I was hoping Nick threw it. Um, he gave me a chance. Oh, uh, this is the two-point conversion. Uh, Demir Bird, yes, thank you. I mean, I was waiting for him. I think I was talking to myself at least for a couple, couple seconds. But, uh, you know, we locked eyes, and he ended up throwing it. And I just knew I had to go, go up and get it. Um, I think it was just one of those times where everything kind of set into place. Uh, it just happened. I, you know, usually um, I'm never coming down on the one hand, uh, you know, one hand like that. But uh, it just worked out that way.
Yeah, um, I think they actually helped me by picking me up that way. I was able to kind of scoop my foot under underneath to be able to get it back down. Um, so they actually kind of helped me out. Oh, no, I knew I was in. Um, I knew I was in, yeah. It's a phenomenal play. F phenomenal play by Demir Bird. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think just, you know, even these past couple games, we, we didn't come out victorious, but you can kind of see the fight that, that everybody have had. You know, um, obviously we would love to win more games, but um, to be able to come out here on a day like this, not ideal weather conditions, um, and obviously in a hostile environment as Seattle is, be able to come out here and fight the way we did, you know, being down a possession late in the game and then being able to to have that late drive. Um, you can kind of see, you know, the, the core nucleus of this team. And, you know, when we are doing the right things and being able to, you know, keep the penalties out, you can see what, what type of offense and defense we can play. It's a, it's, a, it's a valid point that he makes there is, you know, keep the penalties down to a minimum and go out there and make plays. There are guys on this roster that this this team should be at least five hundred. I think all of us kind of predicted that record, you know, seven and nine or seven and ten or or or, or nine and whatever. Um, and so, but they've left some wins out there. Uh, why yeah. do you, why do you guys think, Danny? What why start with you? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. You had a thought. No, I'm passing the damage. Just out is was really quick. Is just if we can't we don't score. Period. In the story. Like when when you don't score, like our defense has played like competitive football these past couple of weeks. Um, not just shut up, but at the same time, we just don't score points. And mm -hmm. so, like, if that's 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 cl that's clear and simple. And so that's why I thought it was impressive what I say. Nick Foles just moved down, moved down, moved the ball down the field, trying to get these first downs. I mean, I think he had close to like 250 yards. I thought we we're gonna have a 300 yard rusher for the first time. But think about the fact that we did so. It was so much rushing in this game and the Bears still had 250 yards from quarterback position. It just seemed like it's in us, but why do, why does it have to be desperate times? We gotta be, we gotta leave it all out there just to play a, a decent football game. We are like, why is it gotta be that much pressure, negative pressure for us to play competitive football? And so like, that's the difference between winning and losing early games because we let so many games go because we weren't putting it all out there. And that's, that's come on, man, that's lack, that's lack of preparation. But I'm happy for these players that put it together today. For me, for me, Aldo, I, I think I think the personnel uh, dictates that the team, this team, should have won seven, eight, nine games. But I think execution, and I think offense. I think off, I've been saying it for how many weeks now. This offense is broken. You, if you don't score points in the NFL, you just simply can't win. And I think if you, if this offense averaged about twenty, you know, twenty-five to twenty-eight points a game, I think you'd have three more victories. I mean, off the top of my head, I think the the, the the Pittsburgh game they should have won, the 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 Ravens game they should have won, and and probably even the 49ers game they should have won here at home. So I think those three victories right there, you have eight victories now with with the five you know next thing you know you're you're in that playoff hunt there so now that's and it came down to execution it came down to scoring points putting points on the board and also came down to to not you know uh being an uh, an undisciplined team and taking untimely stupid penalties you know 15 yard variety and, and I, I just tweeted out you know today like 
you know, another Bears game with another undisciplined, dumb penalty. You know, there, there's no reason to do that. You know, you're a losing team. You have a losing record. You don't have to go out there and 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 get these unsportsmanlike penalties. Play a little more discipline. And that again comes back down to the coaching and the coaching staff in terms of you know, is there accountability on this on this team for going out there and making these dumb plays? You know, you know, players on the Patriots and the Steelers and and, and good winning organizations. You know, they don't get away with these kind of penalties week in and week out. And it's not just one player. You can just say, "All right, get this player, bench him." It's across the board. Whether it's it's mainly it's predominantly been on defense, but there's been a lot of some some penalties on offense as well in terms of you know on sportsmanlike penalties that kind of just kicked you out of there. And then also getting into the red zone. When they get into the red zone, it's a comedy of errors. It's it's false starts. It's holding penalties. It's it's you know you know uh, the, the illegal formations. It's uh, you know it's it's just the, the the offense looking confused and discombobulated. So. This is uh, Mr. Matt Nagy at the podium. Uh, he doesn't look as distressed as he's been the last two weeks. Uh, a victory will do that, but I'm sure he knows his fate is uh, has already been established. Let's see what he's got to say. I think he's at 17 now, so pretty neat for him to have that. And then um, they played hard. Uh, credit to the coaching staff. And then special teams. I thought you could really feel that's not easy being out there in the elements and catching the football like he did, and you could feel that punt return. Um that, that was pretty neat. And then for them to miss the field goal, that helped out. That was a big play. So, um, you know, it was the biggest thing for, for me and for our team in there is that the guys never stop fighting. And I just, as a coach, you just, you love that about them. And, um, you know, that just speaks to who they are. No. Right. You know, when... You get into um, any sport, any profession, um, there's, you know, you, you look at it and you say, you know, we all have to have a little dignity and pride into what we do. And it's not easy when you lose. I mean, I, trust me, I've, I've been on a lot of football teams in my life, and there's not many that I've been on where you have a losing record. So, you know, even for me, learning how to be on a team that has a losing record isn't easy. But you got to be able to persevere. You got to fight. And you have to uh, you have to be able to give it everything you have and have no regrets. And so, I can only do so much as a coach. The we can only do so much as coaches. When the players go out and do what they do and show to us as coaches um, that they're going to play hard, and essentially they're not going to just say, you know, I'm just going to show up and just do my. They're going to play hard. The last couple of weeks, they've done that, and so it means a lot to me because. Sometimes um, when you go through these coaching experiences, um, when you win, it's kind of easy and things get deodorized. When you lose, it's really freaking hard. And how, how do you learn from those moments? And I'm taking a lot from, uh, from these moments that we have. And right now, today, the only thing I'm proud and happy about is for those players in that locker room to be able to enjoy this win for tonight. They deserve it. For the coaches, too. And for me, um, I'm, just, I'm just proud to be a part of it. Well, you know, um, we talked last night. I, I, you know, on those Saturday night meetings that we have, sometimes I, I, uh, I have something prepared and sometimes I, I don't. And I just kind of speak from my heart. And last night was one of those as we got going, we had some guys talk. And, you know, after, uh, after the, the game last week, um, my, my freshman son and I were driving home and we just talked about, you know, the, the story that he's learned about um, no regrets and emptying your cup. And, he, and without 
dragging it out. It was a pretty cool story that he that he right now um, is doing as a as a young athlete. And I thought it really resonated with our team and our coaches, our players that if you whatever you do, win, lose or draw, if you just empty your cup, if you got a full cup, you got a half cup and you empty it and we all empty our cups, we'll have a, a damn good chance to win the football game. If you just pour your cup and you don't empty it, then you're not giving it all you got. Throw the record out. I don't care about the record. Throw whatever out. I don't care. What I do care, I care about is when we're out there, every coach out there does it, has no regrets, empties their cup. Every player does it. And to have that story come from my freshman son, it just meant a lot. So I kind of spoke from my heart. And I'm, I'm, it's cool to hear that it impacted David and maybe it impacted more. No, that was my, my oldest son. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons without getting back into last year um, why we struggle, not Foles. Um, and I think that's the one thing that we all need to be very careful of with what we say about Foles struggling. I mean, there, there's a lot of that that goes into last year. So um, I'm happy for Nick that he got an opportunity today. Not happy for how it happened with Justin and Andy, but Nick's always going to be prepared. And, you know, for, for him to be able to come into this moment, um, you know, he's been there, done that in a lot of different ways. So last year was last year. Um, these guys have persevered this year and, and, and fought through a lot in the quarterback room, and they've been great with each other. They support each other. And so I just think, like, when you go into a game like this, um, it just speaks to, to who he is, how he, did, how he does things. And he, he helped our team tremendously today get the win. And so I'm just, for that, I, I'm very appreciative. I'll do you on mute again. I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> you dumped your cup out, Aldo. I, I need to, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, listen, you know, this guy, um, I, I, the reason I cut his uh, his press conference short is, is a lot of people in the chat room, their ears are bleeding, you know, and uh, while they, you know, and a lot of people are trying to be as respectful as, as possible, but they feel betrayed by this head coach. And they feel uh, also that he just, talks too much he talks in circles and he just doesn't make sense and, and you know it's funny because there's been a lot of people over the last few weeks who have been criticizing and when i say a lot of people a lot of people from the media who have been criticizing matt Nagy because he just talks too much he offers too much you know that whole empty cup thing that should have been just a few words he shouldn't have gone into detail on it i know he's trying to give the media something to write about but it's just it rings so hollow and i saw you shaking your hand danny what are your thoughts on what you heard yeah it's like it's it's the whole like you know uh empty a cup like why would you empty a cup now i mean those are like typical like you know playoff time last game of the season like okay i got this is all nothing we got to go get this well, empty cup out now. The second, you know, the third to last game of the season. It's like it just doesn't make make sense unless there's something going on that we don't know about or the rumors are true. From what, what you know, what media reports are true. Um, it just it's just funny. And and it, like I said, it, he went to the whole explanation of, of of making it personal and all that stuff. It's like you know, you don't need to go into that. Like it sounds a little ridiculous if you think about it. If if, if a you know grown man tells you to empty your cup out and it's just. I don't know. I, I just, I, it just doesn't, doesn't fire me up. He, he is not a kind of coach that's. I'm gonna sit there. I'm gonna run through a wall for, just you know, just and I, and again, uh, he's he's beloved by his players. Uh, his players play hard for him. I don't give. Him, I don't doubt that. It, you can see it week in and week out. 
Uh, but I just, just some of the things he just tells the media and just speaks. I, I've, I've, I've already tuned him out a long time ago. The things he says up there doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, I've, I've told you guys, that, you know, before I, I rather listen to Bill Lazor and Sean Desai talk football than I listen to Matt Nagy talk football. So that tells you as much as I need to know about emptying out my cup. Tyler, gentlemen, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I'm like I'm like John. We've been through this too many times. Like it was the same, we're saying the same thing every week. Like what what was he what was he gonna say that was gonna be impressive? I mean I'm glad he gave it to the players and everything else. Although, but it's nothing much pretty exciting. I just want to hear him talk about today's game. And but he did say one thing that that makes sense. Enjoy today's victory. And enjoy today's victory because like who he if if he gets terminated from being a Bears head coach, he might not be a head coach ever again mm-hmm. in the NFL. Hey, yo, go enjoy your victory, man. Y'all played a good game today. And that was cool. And and, and that's cool. And so, like, I, it's like Jay-Z. I give, I, give, I give him his props, but that's where it stops. It's like it's on to the next. It's the, at the end of the day, we all know what it is. It's coming mm-hmm. to an end. We should rightfully be looking for brand new leadership because the, the project hasn't worked. It's been four years. It, it has been a steady decline in somebody that we trusted to modernize and fix our offense. It is an absolute failure. The Packers own us. And it's like it's going opposite direction. It's not personal. Matt Nagy, you're an awesome guy. You're an awesome guy. Like John said, you're a great counselor. I think he's a man of honor and integrity. And he treats people with respect. But your system, what we hired you for, that's not being accomplished. Therefore, sir, I wish you all the best in the world. You sound like you're a great leader of men. But you're just not you're just not painting enough vision for these men to follow and giving them direction to execute and put their so these men, these men are entrusting the coaching staff to 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 be in an environment where their talents can be observed from a national stage. Okay, these are pure brown athletes where it's where it's hard to even perform with all these penalties and flags. So you have to have a trusted system that's going to allow you to execute because these players are trying to get paid too. These players are trying to get paid. These players are trying to break records. These players are trying to do stuff. And so it's a big circle of trust at the end of the day. Sorry to be so long-winded with that, but that's just how I honestly feel about the whole thing. I'm excited about what the Bears front office is going to do going forward. Matt Nagy, is, he gets like, like, like Danny said, I tuned him out, respectfully tuned him out to the point that is, are you trying to save your job? Because I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> is he going to say something and then the front office is going to change their mind and keep him? That's what I'm scared of, Aldo. I'm scared that, that the front office is going to change their mind and then be like, you know what? Let's give him another chance. And yeah. then, then going into the game, although, sorry, real quick, going into the game, I had nothing. I wasn't looking forward to anything. I wasn't even looking forward to watching the football game, to be honest with you. You know, the, the young guys that I'm looking forward to seeing develop here on this team, you know, the, the Larry Bourne wasn't starting. Thomas Graham Jr. wasn't starting. You know, Justin Fields wasn't starting. So I was like, what am I looking I'm going to look for Nick Foles. I'm going to look for Jermaine Fetty. I'm going to look for guys on one-year contract. Artie Burns are going to start. So this guy is looking to win to pad his resume. Right, he's his he's, he's resume padding right now. He wants to show the NFL that hey, I can coach, I can coach offense, I can I need another job, so on and so forth. So if for for me as as a guy who's analyzing the Bears and looking towards the future, knowing that this is going to be a whole new regime, I had nothing to look forward to in this game. But then you know I don't want to say fortunately because I don't want to ever see anyone get hurt. But then we saw Larry Boren play, we saw Thomas Graham Jr. play, we saw Daz Newsom coming to make some plays, we saw Khalil Herbert bust off a twenty plus yard run, and 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 I've been saying how long that this is a running team. Get the ball, one-two punch of David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and win that way. But no, he wants to go in there. He wants to. He wants to. For the first uh, what two out of three plays on the first series, and a freaking blizzard on the road. He's throwing the football. 
you know, that tells you all you need to know about Matt Nagy, how stubborn he is about his damn system, how he believes that he can coach offense when we all know he can't do it. He can't do it here, you know, and, and it's just something that, that I was just not looking forward to this game. Eventually, like I said, it turned to an entertaining game. We saw some young guys play. We saw some young guys get experience. But again, he's not doing anything to help the Bears move forward here. He is just trying to you know, build his resume and, and prove to the NFL that I need that I deserve to get another job or another shot in the future. Yeah, I agree with you. And I want to address a couple of points here that uh, Swanky has, has brought up. In one uh, comment, he says, if you're mad at Nagy, don't be. He didn't hire himself here. Get mad at George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, the same people who hired Mark Trestman and Phil Emery. I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, this is, yes, you, you can be mad at, at mad at Matt Nagy for some of the decisions he makes, but the bigger issue is the organizational dysfunction. They continue to hire people who are just not ready to do their jobs. I truly believe that Ryan Pace could maybe someday be a really good general manager. But he was very young when he came in, and he really he came from a system that didn't manage the cap very well that had a superstar quarterback hall of fame quarterback that carried the team through bad times and he really didn't have that much of a track record i mean he had nothing to do with the drafting of drew Brees, you know which was the number one move that that organization made and so you know that whole hiring of uh, of ryan pace was questionable just of course as it was proven with phil emery that that was a, a terrible move and so swanky goes on to say can we talk about the guys who hired matt nagy i think that that's the real issue here totally agree totally agree and so uh george mccaskey he's the one that at this point the organization the board of directors have to look at him and say dude you've had 11 years you know to to run the franchise and we're not getting anything back and and in fact even though the money is coming in the brand is tarnished there's people who are you know uh, uh, not showing up to games there's you know sales from our memorabilia are down has has to be done. I don't know that for a fact. Now I'm guessing, but there's reason after reason after reason to start pointing the fingers at George McCaskey and Ted Phillips and start making decisions to replace those two gentlemen because those two gentlemen are now going to make the biggest decision of the Bears' immediate future, which is who is going to lead football operations, meaning. Who is going to be the president of football operations or who is going to be the next general manager if they decide not to create that new role? Any of you guys disagree with Swanky and, and my feeling on this? My only thing here is, is okay, George McCaskey, who's going to replace George McCaskey? He's he's the owner, right? Who's going to, is another, is there another McCaskey that we don't know about? Is there, no, yeah, there's, there's three or four McCaskey. Are, are they willing to come up and, and take charge and lead the team? I, I know George is passionate about the Bears. I know he wants the Bears to win. That's the only thing. My thing is, is not him. I, I think, and, and my thing is, is, is bringing in like, you know, Ted Phillips, you know, is he still, we've heard it's, it's always goes round and round and round. Ted Phillips has nothing to do with football operations, but yet Ted Phillips is in the room when, when, when Ryan Pace is interviewing head coaches. Why? Why is he in the room? If he has nothing to do with football operations, why is he in the, why is Ted Phillips in the room when, the, when they're uh, in the draft room, when they're, when they're drafting in a war room? Why is he there? If he has nothing to do with football operations, that's the one thing I want them to clear up. Say, all right, if you're going to bring in a czar, a football czar, if you will, for lack of a better word, 
bringing a, a VP of football operations, he, that's where the buck starts and ends with him in terms of football stuff. You want to move Ted Phillips over to the side and have him go and build that nice that nice stadium out in Arlington Heights and, and, and all those backyard. Go ahead and put him in charge of that. But make sure that whoever you bring in here in charge of football operations, that's who's answering questions about football-related stuff. That's who's answering questions about, about Ryan Pace's future. That's who's answering questions about the next head coach. That's who's answering questions about player discipline on and off the football field. I want a, a, a buck stops here kind of guy at the top of the chain and a football guy. I don't want some guy that's been with the family, has been a best friend, has been a confidant to the family. I want a damn football guy who's either done the job before or he's been in the NFL for multiple years, either been a GM or, or, or has led a team or, or done something, right? Uh, so we've talked about the names before. That there's a ton of names we can go through. We're not going to go through them all here right now. But bring in that guy. And then that guy now decides, hey, Ryan Pace, you get another year under me, under me watching you, see how you operate. Or Ryan Pace, you're gone. I'm bringing in a new GM, and now we're going to go and find a new head football coach. That's what I want to do, and I want to see a vision for this team, a vision that starts and ends with Justin Fields at quarterback. That's what I'm looking for. Tyler, you're laughing. Why? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I just, I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I'm just out there. I just, I, I just want the offseason to come so we can see what they do. I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to um offseason like the Chicago Bulls had. Um, a, a season ago when they just did a lot of different things in the front offices because all the hypotheticals out though they just get you they they get you emotionally invested and if, if they don't do these things you know it's like we we, we as fans we gotta we have a just a certain perspective and it's everything Dan is, that Danny said I 100% agree with but it's just about like we shouldn't have to be harping about these things you it would be cool if they just wanted them for themselves like mm -hmm. a, like a Patriot franchise like they just have what's the culture who wants to create a winning culture for this organization? Who's fired Ted Phillips? I'm like, whatever, man. I just want to see it done already because we're going to give our time to this thing. Like, we love the show. Thank you, everybody who's tuning in to us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We love and appreciate you guys. And Merry Christmas to you all. But um, who we got? Kokomet? Uh, Nick Foles at the phone. <clears throat> And I lost his audio. audio. There it is. It's coming. This guy played good. <clears throat> it's been asked this long year. How does it feel? Why do I lose his audio? Our locker room's always been great. And, you know, the last couple of years haven't been the easiest. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you can find joy in little things each and every day. So, like, going to work and being in the locker room with the guys that care for one another, um, that's what I look at. And that's what I'm grateful for. So win, lose, or whatever, you know, you got those guys there. And, you know, we won today, and it was exciting to celebrate it with them and been been able to, you know, be with them for two years and just develop those relationships. And being being able to throw a touchdown to my locker mate, Jimmy Graham, who's right next to me for these last two years, and we've gone through a lot in Chicago. And I thought that was really special and really fitting. Um, he's been a great teammate. So. Really proud of my teammates and just happy we got this win. No, was, I did my job. I went in there and, you know, I knew my teammates needed me because of the situation. Um, it's been really unique this year in Chicago. There's no vindication. It's just I did my job. I said it a couple years ago in a press conference. I played a playoff game against the team. And I said, it doesn't matter if you're the first string, second string, or third string. You got to know who you are as a human being and what's your identity. It can't be in this game. It's got to be in something greater. And I've always said mine's in Jesus Christ. And 
I was a third string quarterback tonight. I was just a third string. That's my label. But at the end of the day, that's not who I am. I'm, I'm just Nick Foles. I just go out there and I play. I lean on my teammates. Um, I go to work. It doesn't matter. There's going to be trials and adversity in life. You have to figure out how to find joy in them. And once again, I'm grateful for my teammates for being there for me. No, I mean, I never requested a trade. I mean, if a team wanted to trade for me, um, I would look at it, but I just made it clear, like, I, you know, the team was great. They're like, if there's a team you want to go to, then, you know, we can talk. If there's a team you don't want to go to, uh, then, you know, we're not going to do it. I mean, teams were wanting to trade. It's just, you know, it's a crazy business and we were banged up. And um, fortunately, I mean, I'm glad I got to spend this year with my teammates in Chicago. I don't know what the future holds. Um, I, I just... Like, I can't say enough. I've played this game now. This is my 10th year, and this has been, you know, these two years in this locker room have been really special with those guys. Um, I know everyone looks at the outcome and fantasy points and stuff. You don't get to see what goes on in the locker room, um, but it's a good group of guys that keeps working, and uh, that's why it's fun celebrating with them. I mean, it doesn't help me. I just, I have to be who I am. It's like I said, it's just, why would I be frustrated? I mean, there there might be like fr frustrations, but then I'm like, this isn't helping me. So just let it go. And there's a process and just doing the little things, being in my role. So if my role is getting a couple of reps of scouting, then that's my role and I need to do it to my best of my ability. And when I get my time alone or like I'm in the weight room, I can get better. I can do the little things, you know, watching film, always stay ready. I can help Andy, I can help Justin. Um, I can do those things. So I think just what I've learned this year is never thought I'd be a third string quarterback. So God, you know, presented an opportunity where I was a third string quarterback and um, I, I get to go to work and do those things and still stay ready and be able to impact my teammates by just going to work. I mean, it's crazy. I, I never thought it, but it's uh, it's been humbling, but great at the same time, because I've learned so much throughout these last couple of years. And it's been really good for me as a human being to go through it. He's a stand-up guy, that uh, Nick Foles. There's no doubt about it. He is uh, going to be a good coach in this league, Some a good quarterback coach, a good offensive coordinator perhaps. He's got a really uh, interesting approach to the game. I think it's very businesslike. Uh, I think he strips emotion out of it to a degree. I, we all need emotion when we're playing the game of football. But, you know, I, I really, really like this guy. And I think that he was – unfairly um, evaluated last year. Let's remember when you go back to last season, that offensive line started to deteriorate early on during his stint as a starter. It got to the point where it was definitely the worst offensive line in football. And it wasn't until the bye that the Bears kind of corrected it and put aces in their places, so to speak, reshuffle the offensive line. It started to play better, and then the poor guy gets hurt. So uh, I, I think, you know, he doesn't have the arm like, like he used to. He's, he's, he's definitely regressed a bit over the years, uh, and that has a lot to do with lack of reps. But the guy is not all bad. And so, I, 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 I Danny, I saw you nodding your head. Yeah. So once yeah. we agree on something, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, or once. But, uh, no, it's, I, I mean, hats off to the guy. The guy's a stand-up veteran quarterback. I, I said, I want this guy on this team next year as a backup and a mentor to Justin Fields. You know, that's, that's where I would have him here next year. He is what he is right now. He's a good quality backup quarterback, a guy that can get you out of a game. 
if your starter gets hurt, a guy can come in and, and for a week or two fill in and maybe give you, you know, make you competitive and maybe help you win a game or two uh, while your starter gets gets healthy and healed up. So that, that's a guy, that's his role, and that's where I, I would love to see him next year on, on this team. Uh, the thing about last year, I agree with you, although he was unfairly, he put in a really tough situation, right? Obviously, uh, Nagy was done with, with Trubisky, and he wanted Nick Foles in there. But he put Nick Foles, an immobile quarterback, behind one of the, if not the, one of the worst offensive lines in football. The tackle spots were, were horrendous. I remember that Tennessee game where he had no chance whatsoever to get rid of that football. The Rams game, he was put in bad situations, play after play with the play calling, five-man protections, no help to the to the offensive linemen, no ta- no tight ends, no running backs chipping and releasing into the into the uh, into the uh, route pattern. It was just a horrible play calling situation, horrible game plan, and it was all Matt Nagy put him in a situation where he was he was doomed to fill and again it was Matt Nagy playing his system playing you know his Nintendo or his Madden system not mm-hmm. not taking the player and putting the player in a the best position to succeed and that's what we've seen here guys for the last four years is Matt Nagy's being so freaking hard-headed <laughs> saying this is my system this is how I'm gonna run it I'm gonna plug and play players here and they do what they what they're taught to do well you know what players can't all do the same things players mm-hmm. on this team can't do what the KC uh chief players can do so you got to build and adjust your system around the player strength that you do have Matt Nagy and we saw in four years he couldn't do that and I think Nick Foles was a guy that was brought in you know having known the system having you know put into a situation where he felt like he can go and run it like like the back of his hand but again he had a bad offensive line an immobile quarterback and and receivers are real that weren't able to get open it was just Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney was still a rookie at the time so uh I think uh right now if if, if Nick Foles is on this team next year as a as a backup to Justin Fields I am a-okay with that Tyler, uh, the uh, Foles continues to speak at the podium. He actually just finished, but before he finished, he said this. It's tweeted out by Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun-Times. He confirmed that he was saying this offense doesn't work or something to that effect on the sideline of that Cleveland Browns game. His explanation, the offense wasn't working that day. And so here's there's another reason to appreciate Nick Foles, his honesty, his sincerity. Yes. You know, I mean, he, maybe he could have taken it a step further. Yeah, it was, isn't working any, any time. Right, I was gonna say, that's my question. When has it worked? <laughs> that's right. But, but at the very least, I mean, he diplomatically answered that question. It was clear that the offense wasn't working that day. And so, I mean, he doesn't want to throw uh, Matt Nagy completely under the bus, but it's clear that that's what he's doing. He knows that this offense is a sham. And um, and so I'm glad that at the podium, he took accountability for what the cameras caught him saying. Yeah. I mean, um, Nick Foles, is, he's, he's, a good, he's a good dude. I mean, this office, this office his, his press conference alone, I give him a contract just off of just off of character and merit, and he just executed and got a W against Seattle in Seattle, which is pretty dope to add to, to pass your resume. But the fact of the matter is, gentlemen, don't 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 get lost in the fog that it's been three quarterbacks since we so so blamed Mitch Trubisky for everything. We tried to um since Trubisky didn't work, we um Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. Which quarterback has had an amazing game since Mitch Trubisky? It's been the same system, gentlemen. And so that line that Nick Foles was thrown into, that was the same line Mitch Trubisky was playing behind. Okay, so this is when we got when we're talking about accountability and leadership. It still goes back to the head coach, the offensive line coach, and the positional coaches. Because Mitch Trubisky, 
was playing with the same with the with the same stuff and actually still got to add some great, really good games at the same time too. And so in my full honest opinion, Mr. Bisky made this system look like it was it looked like it was something more than what it was. We've I, I feel like Mr. Bisky's athleticism was taken ungrantedly because it's what we see in Justin Field. Being able to run and throw in a run and just get some make the offense look like it was something else. But just um Nick Foles could Nick Foles could could barely do it consistently without being hurt or having a perfect a, a perfect thing of offense, defense, and line and Andy Dalton. So we're talking about spending new money on veteran players. And so it's a system. It's 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 I don't want to keep talking about the same thing over thing again, Aldo, because it's like we, we get it now. <laughs> like it's it's not, the system is broken. We get it. How many more games we got left? Like it's, it's, it's all it's, yeah, two it's more all, two more games, it, Tyler. It's all for scouting purposes. Two more games, and 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 it all starts to end with the offensive line and defensive line for me. And Tyler, I think you may agree here as well. If the offensive the offensive line made uh, Patrick Mahomes last year's Super Bowl look like he was was Nick Foles behind that off that that mm-hmm. defensive line, you know, because he had no protection with no protection. With no time for these these deep these deep routes to, to develop. There's no way a quarterback has a chance back there, and that's what one of the things that came on that we, I believe it was a Monday night game where uh, where Greasy Brian Greasy had said that that Nick Foles told him that that Matt Nagy puts him in a situation where he's not going to go ahead and succeed, and this is what he meant. He puts him behind these call these play calls behind this offensive line that can't protect. The 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 uh, the defensive line or the quarterback, I should say, from the defensive line in order to allow these these route patterns to develop downfield. So you know that's the thing. It's 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 yes, the, the quarterbacks have been different. Um, you know, they all have their own issues in, in their own way. But uh, but but the constant here has been the play caller and, and the scheme. And I think Matt Nagy has proven to us that he's not an innovator in terms of play calling, in terms of offensive creativity. And he's a guy that you know, I think once he goes out and we bring in a, a, someone here that that can at least build a system. And I, I don't want him. I don't want a, a new coach to come in with a system already pre-made. I want him to come in and take a look at the, the talent offense, take a look at Justin Fields' uh, positives, and negatives, what he can and cannot do, and build a system around uh, that. Don't tell me I, I got know, a system Danny. here. Don't tell Danny, me. Like, no, Danny, no. I'm, tell, I'm, I know I'm, you're not going to agree with me, but give, hear me out one second. You, you're bringing a guy from outside, like say for example, for example, right? You're bringing a, a guy from a, from the Patriots, Josh McDaniels, right? He's got his system. If he doesn't adjust to what the Bears do best, I don't care who you bring in here. They don't have the the players that the they don't have the offensive line the Patriots have, or or some of the some of the, the skill position position players that the Patriots have. So you got to build a system around what you have, Tyler. You can't bring in. A ready-made system and say, "All right, this these players got to fit into my system." That's not going to work. You got to build your system around the players. Now you have okay. to have structure and organization, which I think what you're referring to or going to refer to. But you can't just you have a what? system. I didn't say anything. I, I didn't say anything. Aldo, Aldo, come back. I, I know. What you, I know what you're trying to do here. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is great for the next the bear debate. I'm not. I'm not see what you did there. No, 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 no. You okay. got me excited. Join us next time on the Bear Debate, Danny Shimon. We will battle this. Comment. We will battle this decision. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that topic, Danny. I didn't say anything yet. I was listening to you, but I would like to discuss this further. All right, I'm, I'm, hey, you love, I'll be there. I would love to discuss it with you. Well, That'd we'll be bring, awesome. We'll bring you in for a portion of the debate show, and that way uh, the three of you guys can go at it because uh, I'm sure John will have some thoughts on that. So here's uh, the last topic I want to discuss as we uh, end this uh, edition of Bear Football. It is 
it appears right now that Matt Nagy is going to coach the last two games. And the reason I say that, it's just pure speculation on my side, but typically word starts to leak out to members of the national media, like the Adam Schefters, the Ian Rappaports, those guys who have contacts within uh, Hallis Hall, you know, uh, it, it, word would have leaked out that Matt Nagy was told this was his last game. So I anticipate that tomorrow morning Matt Nagy will have his press conference. He will be the Chicago Bears coach. Now, if that is so, it means one of two things. It means they're going to wait, uh, that Ryan Pace is going to wait to the end of the season because he doesn't want to disrupt the team with all the COVID concerns or so forth. Or number two, that Bears management is also going to fire Ryan Pace and they just want to do it. Both of them at the end of the season, both of them out. Danny, your thoughts. On that last point, I do think that's a possibility that they want to clean house completely. And they're doing their, their due diligence now on bringing in possibly, like we were talking about earlier, a football czar. However, with the new rule, the way I understand it, and the way it states where you can uh, interview coaches from playoff teams via Zoom these last two weeks, is if A, either you've fired your coach or you've informed your coach he will not return the next season. So there could be a scenario, although not clean and not what you typically would want, you could say, have a press conference say Matt Nagy will be relieved of his duties after the next two weeks, but he will be allowed to coach the, the team in the last two weeks. That's not what you want, typically, right? You want a clean break and have, bring in a Bill Lazor, whoever, to coach the final two weeks, but you could do that as well. So, uh, however, if that's not done, if we don't hear anything from them, I think what your scenario, just you just laid out there, Aldo, that second scenario where they're thinking about bringing in their VP guy, it, you know, before the season ends probably, and then he would go ahead and then, you know, decide, you know, keep Ryan Pace, fire Ryan Pace, and then, and then fire uh, Matt Nagy at the same time. So we'll see what happens. I would like for them to go ahead and take advantage of the rule and start talking to some of these playoff coaches. Tyler, your thoughts on the future of the Pace and Nagy and what could potentially happen over the next two weeks? I'll just, I'll just, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, that, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying that I do want it to happen really. I just, I want the news to break already. I, I want the news to break already, but I believe it when I see it. I don't believe they're gonna do it, Aldo. I don't. I don't. I don't believe we got. We have the cojones to make to make a change. Are, are you I talking just, about? I talk about during in season, all Tyler. Are you talking about at all? I mean, kind of both, Danny. I, I, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna fire him. Uh, Nagy, oh, yeah. I'm talking about, and at oh. least at the end of the season. I don't know if they'll do it in season. That I that I'm with. I don't think they'll they have the. Uh, they might be living on this thing like, oh, the McCassies have never fired a coach in season. They might actually, you know, take pride in that for whatever reason. But for me, I, I think Nagy's gone at, at the end of the year. I just, I just, I hope I would like for them to go ahead and just do it now and utilize this position. Like we talked about today, you know, Jacksonville is going to be interviewing Doug Peterson, uh, Jim Caldwell, and By Byron Leftwich, right? These are the three head coaching candidates. You know, at least Peterson and, and Jim Caldwell intrigue me a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I would like to talk to them and see what their ideas are about Justin Fields and what they think. Two two veteran coaches who have been to Super Bowls. Uh, one has won a Super Bowl, and 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 you know, you guys have co they've coached quarterbacks before in different systems. I want to know what their thoughts are. They, you know, they've been out of the NFL this year. Let's see. You know, having sitting you know, from you know from an outside perspective, what are your thoughts about Justin Fields? How would you use Justin Fields? What kind of system would you build around our quarterback, Justin Fields? I would like to sit down and talk to those guys now 
and, and get, get their thoughts on it. So that way now I know going forward what I'm looking for from other candidates, you know, what other candidates tell me, oh, wait, you know, Doug Peterson said the same thing. Hmm, you know, do I kind of go this route or whatnot? So that's what I'm looking for. Take advantage of the damn rule that was created this year. Um, you know, and, and, and for once be for, you know, uh, be active, be proactive, not reactive bears. And that's what I want them to do. Totally, totally agree with you. I, uh, would love to see the best case scenario that I would like to see is that tomorrow morning, the bears have announced that they have hired the, uh, president of football operations, whoever that is, and it should be somebody qualified. It should be somebody, you know, who has a track record of getting things done at a very high level. It should be somebody that knows people throughout the league who, instead of what Ted Phillips does, which is figure out the accounting books and stuff uh, and how much profit they made on this and how much profit they, they made on that. This football operations person is on the phone talking to other football people. He is getting information from all 31 other teams and, and building uh, networks and so forth. That's part of the issue with the McCaskey Phillips partnership is that they don't have the, the this, this intimate knowledge because they're, their their responsibilities is scattered all over the place. These guys don't know football. And so hopefully the Bears and George McCaskey and, and Ted uh, Phillips have recognized this. And now in the next day or two, they make the announcement. And that person is going to be Ryan Pace's boss at least for two weeks or maybe two hours or maybe two minutes, whatever it is. But that person now is going to be making the shots on who the next general manager is going to be and who the next coach is going to be. Plus, in addition to that, we've seen a trend of NFL teams having both the coach and the general manager report directly to that head of football operations. And a lot of when when this trend started, a lot of people said that's ridiculous. You know, you, you, how can you have the GM and coach kind of working against one another, reporting to the GM? But the fact that a matter is is that in business circles throughout and in the NFL, this is a a new paradigm of thinking of organizational management that is working for a lot of people. If you have the right people in place, this approach works because that football operations is now getting information from the coach when the GM is not in the room and then getting information from the GM when the coach is not in the room. And that makes the input that that football operations person is getting more robust. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there's things, tons of things from an organizational management uh, perspective that I hope that the Bears have started working on because if they do, that's the first step to Super Bowls. That's the first step. Right. And then you have one one guy that, that the, the buck starts and ends with him in terms of football decisions, right? Now you have Ryan Pace, if he's still the GM, doing what he does best, scouting and finding developing talent, uh, finding talent for the coach. The coach then takes that talent and he does what he does best and coaches them up and, and gets them to, to become better and better um, you know, on, on the football field. So now you have these two guys separated, but they report to one guy, one football guy, and that football guy is the face of the franchise. That's what I would like to see as well. Well, do have you, uh, Danny, started to look at any names from a football operations standpoint or GM that might intrigue you? 
we talked about it on on the last time we had the uh, the post game show where where or it might have been bare truth where the couple of guys uh, you know Rick Smith who was a former GM of the Houston Texans the guy uh, you know uh, left the position gave it up to the, some say there was a power struggle between him and the former Texans coach Bill Bryan uh, remember that's when the Texans had drafted Deshaun Watson he was he was uh, Rick Smith was uh, you know the guy that really spearheaded that move to trade up and and draft Deshaun Watson once he saw him falling uh, and that's where the Texans were kind of moving up here and. In terms of just projecting they're they're getting better and better or continuous you know a, a playoff contender and then there was a, a, a slight power struggle it also coincided with some of the, some off-field issues with his with his wife in terms of i think some medical issues with rick smith's wife he ended up resigning his position bill o'brien was elevated to the gm slash head coach spot and ever since then it was downhill for the texans so i think that's a name that's been thrown out there by hub arkish as a possibility I, I, i'd be really intrigued by him in terms of coming in here being that football czar if you will a guy who's been successful in the league as a GM, a guy who now would be able to oversee all the entire Bears football operations. That's one guy I like to you know keep an eye on. Another guy I brought up is, is Jeff Ireland. The guy was a former GM with the with the Miami Dolphins. He's currently on, on the Saints in terms of personnel. He's a guy that was uh, that was really uh, hands on in the in the draft room for the Saints, and then we've seen the Saints continuously. Yeah, they've lost you know the quarterback Drew Brees, and their, their play has kind of slipped a little bit. But I think you know overall that talent. You, you see them bringing in guys as free agent. Um, you know, undrafted free agents or, or just, you know, a street free agent and they get into that 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 team and that system and they develop and they play well. That probably goes hand in hand with, with the coaching staff they have there with the Saints. So Jeff Ireland, a former GM with the Dolphins, is a guy that also intrigues me more so as, as possibly as, as a GM candidate. So uh, I know some someone in the chat threw out the name of Peyton Manning. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I mean, I love Peyton Manning as, as terms of a guy who's you know who, who does a good job on TV. I think he's 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 really you know outgoing and gregarious and and, and funny. Uh, has got that that dry wit about him. But I just don't know. He hasn't done it before, and I don't know if I can trust a guy that was a great player on the field in terms of being a great you know head of football operations off the field. So that's that's one name that I'd be really you know kind of cautious about throwing out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean for me right now, it, uh, just kind of those two names are, are guys that kind of stick out off top of it. You know, there are other guys that you know might currently be with other organizations as just you know, GMs and you could go to those organizations and ask permission to speak to them because now you're giving them a title of football operations, you know, executive, that's executive. That's actually a, a kick up. That's actually a, you know, a promotion, if you will. So, you know, guys like, you know, Brian Schneider from the, from the Seattle Seahawks comes to mind. Um, you know, some, some other, these, these young up and coming GMs that are, that are do a great job of just collecting talent, uh, you know, bringing those guys in and, 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 you know, giving them the, the hearing what they have to say, their vision, their you know their their idea how to build an organization, you know as as current GMs and maybe bumping up bumping them up to you know football operations guys. So um, you know a guy that's been out there, it's kind of been thrown out there. I'm not sure if he's retired or not. Bill Polian, obviously he was the GM that built the the Buffalo Bills, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's been he did some TV, then all of a sudden he kind of went went away. So I'm not sure. There's been some rumblings that he might be advising the McCaskies in terms of people to to interview. So we'll see how that comes out. But yeah, I mean right now for me, if I, if I had to pick one guy. I think Rick Smith, the former GM of, of the Houston Texans, would be a guy I'm really intrigued by. Yeah. Uh, Polian just turned 79. So uh, that kind of a role, I think, is a little bit more of a younger man's role. So uh, and I'm also concerned that, you know, some of the game may have passed up uh, Bill Polian. So I hope he's not involved in any of the search for anybody in the Bears organization. It's to me sort of like bringing Ernie Arcosi back to head with that search. I did this exercise the other day when I wanted to look at the NFL's uh, 
Department of Football Operations, the NFL Ops team, and to see if maybe there weren't any candidates there. So let me show share with you what I did. Um, here is their website at the NFL.com of the NFL Ops team. So I scrolled down and I read some of the bios of some of the names that interested me. You know, Troy Vincent, Sr.'s courses, executive vice president of football operations. Now, this is for the league. And so he is definitely a worthy candidate that you want to bring in and talk to. This guy has been on the phone talking to people, talking to all 32 general managers. So he has got a good insight into what's going on. He's definitely somebody I want to interview. And then I scrolled down, and just in terms of thinking out of the box, I looked at the profile of Natara Holloway. She is the vice president of business operations and strategy. Not only does she oversee football technology, innovation, and administration, and the, and the pipeline of football development. So she has been working with NFL teams to make sure that there is a robust pipeline of quality qualified people to be head coaches and general managers in this league. So she's got contact contacts up the wazoo. Plus she's also a big analytics person, someone who has studied the strategy of football and uh, you know, the, how analytics can help teams uh, win and so forth. She is definitely to think out of the box. She is definitely somebody to bring into this organization and talk to. And at the very least, if she's not a qualified candidate, the, the, Two hours that you're going to spend with her, you're going to get some valuable uh, uh, information about who's in the pipeline and, and so forth. So this is the type of thinking that we must see from the Chicago Bears organization, not the old tired and ineffective approach of bringing in an Ernie Arcosi type uh, who's going to point out guys from, you know, like like John Fox, other old fossils like him. So um so I, 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 I really think that this is a, a, an opportunity for the Chicago Bears to step up, uh, up, uh, up and do something that all of us Bears fans can say, oh, wow, now that's new thinking. Wow, that's innovative. I would love, love uh, to uh, see them pursue that. PJ says, although you said that you want a football person and you recommend Holloway. No, sir. She is a football person. That's her job. She works at the NFL. But I, I, I agree with, with PJ there because it's it, she's not a football person per se in terms of she hasn't been in the, in the trenches in terms of picking players, you know, having done it before. That's why I, I look to former GMs who have done it before, who have been successful and, and might be looking now for, for a way to move on up in their career. And this would be a move up position, right? So now they instead of them being the, uh, you know, the general manager who's out there scouting and hitting the roads, they got people underneath them a coach like the, the the architecture that you built all earlier although the, the coach reports to them the, the gm reports to them and then they kind of just trickles down from there i i want someone who's done it before who's been out in the trenches a guy who's been a successful gm who either a is now just a gm and now you're looking to promote from you know from a different organization or someone like a rick smith who's done it before and has been successful had to leave for for other reasons and now looking to get back into the football game but, but you know hallway she does a nice job in terms of analytics and all that stuff and, and working for the NFL, she might, she might be great at her job. And you know what? It doesn't hurt to bring her in and just kind of talk to her and kind of pick her brain and see what she says. But I agree with, with PJ and some of the other people here in the chat room say, I want someone who, who's, who's a football person. I want someone that, that can go up there and talk to the media and, and 
break down football, whether it's X's and O's, not necessarily X's and O's to, to, a, to a degree, but have a, you know, an overall understanding about football coaching and all that stuff. And, but really know personnel, really know what it takes to build an organization from top down and be successful throughout the whole entire organization. That's what I, I'm looking for. Yeah, I I feel like there we're we're defining that role of head of football operations in two separate ways. I don't want to bring in a, a a head of football operations who necessarily is going to do the job of the GM. You're going to have a GM to do that, and the GM's job is to hire the coach, to hire to to over uh, to oversee the scouting department, making sure that the, your head of college scouting and your pro personnel person are getting the job done. That you've got Got enough scouts in the system. You're overseeing the scouting reports and so forth. The head of football operations is an all-encompassing thing where he or she has to have their fingers on all sorts of things and is introducing new ways of thinking to accomplish the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. And I think that sometimes for, for us as people to immediately say no, yeah, that's not that's not good thinking. That's not how innovation happens and um and somebody just put up i had it up on the screen a little a little while ago innovation is not football i think it was pj uh and and but that's that's not necessarily true that's the league and and teams the the great teams in football are always looking for the next new thing that's going to beat the the packers that's going to beat the lions that's going to beat the vikings that's going to beat the uh, competitive and so you need people who are thinking outside the box and maybe miss holloway is somebody like that i would i would love to entertain that thought further and uh i'm going to reach out to her and see if she might be a guest on one of our football shows just to uh, get her, maybe she wouldn't have any interest at all in interviewing for a job, but at the very least, find out more about what she does and um, and, and learn from her experiences with the NFL. See what you're talking about about adding, you know, learning new things and, and learning new ways to to kind of kind of innovate your 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 organization. Yeah, that's great, and I agree with that. But in terms of that's like a new wrinkle here and there to, to help you maybe win a game here, a game in there. But for me, it all starts up front, and right, the X's and O's basic. Trenches. It starts up front in trenches. And I want someone who understands how that works. He understands you went up front with the offensive and defensive lines and then work from there. For me, you just said that that the, the VP would, would run this, the organization. They have a head coach report to him. They have a general manager report to him. And the general manager hired a coach. No. For me, the VP would hire in tandem with the general manager would go out there, interview, and hire the head coach, right? Because the v, everything is going to stop with this VP. If you want to talk about football operations and, and wins and losses and at the end of the season press conference, I want the VP and the and the general manager and the head coach to be out there and the final say be with this vice president of football operations. I want this guy to be the end-all, be-all in terms of football decisions with the Chicago Bears, and this is what I want. I, I don't, you know, if you want to bring in someone from outside, the, you know, in terms of outside the box thinking and all that stuff, analytics, and throw it all in there. Sure, you can put it all in there and, and kind of mix it all up and, and bring different parts of the organization and put it all together. But it all reports up to one guy, and preferably my guy would be a, a guy who's got football, uh, you know, you know, in, in his blood, is who's done it for for multiple years, and it, whether he's a GM or has been a successful executive in the league, that's who I, I look for, and I want everyone reporting or everything reporting up to this one football operations guy. 
but that's a perfect example of what she's good at. Part of her responsibilities is to look at play or at, at coaches in the pipeline who are ready to assume head coaching jobs. Okay. So she's been doing the research on this. She 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 should be able to walk into that meeting at Hallis Hall with a list of people. If I got this job, here are the people who I would consider to bring in general manager and head coaches, and here's why. She's got that whole that 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 background. PJ says that please look at her resume again. Nothing says anything. It, nothing says anything about football operations. That's the name of the department that she works under. So I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, but, I don't. But again, although she's not someone like, for example, if the GM says, you know, I want to draft this player with the second round pick because I think he's my highest rated uh, offensive lineman on the board. And then a coach comes in and says, no, I want this other player. I want a football operations guy says, you know what? I'm going to break down the tape of this guy. I'm going to, you know what? I, coach X, you know, you're right. I like this guy better. I think he fits your system better. I think we're going to go with this guy. That's the buck ends and stops with that VP of football operations. Now that might be a, a, a like a really, you know, crazy example there, but that's, I want someone who can sit down and break tape of players and tell me, this is why we, we should, or tell his GM, this is why we should draft this player. And, and, and he is, you know, the end all be all of the football operations side. So if that player bombs out, right, it's going to go on the GM's record. I understand that because he drafted him. But at least the VP can go up there and also explain why that player was selected as well. So that's what I'm looking for. Good arguments, guys. I cannot deny that. Um, so we'll be talking more about this over the coming weeks because there are changes coming to House Hall. It could just be with the head coach and, and coaching staff, or it could be the general manager and the coaching staff, or it could be the addition of a head of football operations who would then bring in his or her uh, GM and uh, and coach. So lots and lots to talk about. Danny, any final thoughts, whether about this game or the immediate future of the Chicago Bears as we get prepared for our show, upcoming show Thursday night at 9 p.m. Central? Is it Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday. We're, 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 not, we're skipping this Thursday. We're doing it the following Thursday. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yep. yeah, exactly. We don't want to uh, – it's New Year's week, so we're going to party. So. <laughs> but We're, we're going to empty the cup. <laughs> well said. Uh, any final thoughts before we pull the plug? Uh, no, I mean, I, like I said, this was a, I think it was a good win just to kind of build team morale a little bit here. Not that it's going to save Matt Nagy's job, not that it, that it proves anything wrong, but I, I think it, all it does here is, and last, that that is that is uh, that is a bad bad. Uh, oh, it was just a question. Okay, I thought I thought that was his recommendation. Is, is Mike North as as I love Mike North, but I don't want him as the Bears GM. But uh, anyway, um, uh, so no, just uh, I, I was kind of like I said, initially not looking forward to watching this football game. It was it was crappy weather. I assumed it was going to be a nasty, ugly game. And that's how it started off to be. And, and some of the young guys I was looking forward to playing: Justin Fields, Larry Borm, Thomas Graham Jr. weren't even playing or starting in the game. Uh, eventually, it ended up you know we saw more more of Thomas Graham Jr. We saw more of Larry Borman, left tackle. Uh, so we got some things interesting. And of course, then it became an exciting game towards the end there. And the Bears pulled out a victory, which, you know, and all, you know, it's, it's Tyler said earlier in the show, uh, you know, any victory in the NFL is, is, is a well earned victory. So they'll take it and move on. It doesn't change anything for me in terms of this coaching staff's future or in terms of, you know, what's going to happen in the later on in, in the, in the off season. So uh, my thing is, and we've discussed it per, per, you know, primarily the entire, this entire program is we're looking for what's going to happen here at, you know, going moving forward. So I would love for the bears to go ahead and, and at least announce that they're going to make a change at head coach, whether they keep Matt Nagy as head coach for the final two weeks, or just kind of let it go. Let Bill laser take over the, the coaching reins. That's fine. I'm fine with either way. 
but I want them to say, all right, we're going to make a, a change here. Um, you know, we brought up, uh, you know, are they going to go with the whole, the, the VP of football operations kind of guy, uh, you know, Azar, if you will, at football operations, and he's going to then clean house or whatnot. So that's what I'm more interested in now and seeing what the future holds in terms of moving this organization forward in terms of getting better uh offensively we know that they're limited uh, we know this offense is broken we know that the coach is, is, is hard-headed and he's not going to change and he's not an offensive innovator so i think the, the faster we get rid of this stench if you will on offense and and kind of move on and, and look forward towards the future the more hope we bring for bears fans our listeners for ourselves for crying out loud because now we have more something more to look forward to so you know i wouldn't mind looking at watching a couple of games with bill laser as a head coach or i don't know uh, you know, uh, Sean Desai as head coach, just 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 a new perspective and see what they would do, if anything, on offense or, or, or on defense. You know, what what is Matt Nagy holding these guys back from doing? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, so I, I, that would kind of intrigue me here more to see also some of the young guys maybe come off the practice squad and, and, and play some more and get them some more reps. But, you know, like Jermaine Affetti starting today made absolutely no sense for me. Artie Burns starting today made absolutely no sense for me. Um, so that's the thing is like, I wasn't looking forward to this game, but now, you know, saw some more of these young player players play, which gave me a little bit more hope. Now let's continue playing the young players and for crying out loud, let's make an announcement. Let, let, let's make a change. Like I'm kind of like with Tyler there. And I was like, just, you know, it's coming, you know, it's inevitable. Let's just do it. Cut the cord. Let's just move on. And now we can start talking about candidates and then, you know, you know, the future of the organization, how the Bears can go ahead and become hopefully successful, you know, moving on into the uh, upcoming years. Yep. And it, and it has to be really, really tough on his family to be going through this very difficult period. I mean, when he's got that glum face at the podium, uh, you know, that part of that uh, depression, for lack of a better word, uh, that he's going through has to do with the fact that he feels like he's let his family down and his family's got to listen to all the vitriol pointed his way. This is a very, very tough situation. And one of the things that Chicago Bears can do to help the guy is to release him ASAP. But we'll see what happens. And you can bet on this, that whatever happens with management uh, in, in the Chicago, with the Chicago Bears, we're going to be here to cover it uh, immediately after anything is announced. We'll provide coverage and we'll extend that coverage. If, it's, if I'm the only one available, don't worry. I'm going to be here. Uh, and listening to everyone in the chat room and uh, engaging with you and getting your thoughts on the move. And then once we can get the, our team of experts together, we'll have a show to discuss that, whether it's tomorrow or whether uh, it's any day over the next two or three weeks. And I all will also want to leave you with this. Greg Gabriel and I will be talking about this game and what's going on at Hallis Hall tomorrow. We usually like to wait until after Matt Nagy's press conference. Uh, so we'll probably do it early afternoon. Uh, so we'll be on top of that. Danny, you're a saint for jumping in here for John Buffon. I really appreciate it. And uh, have yourself uh, – what did you get for Christmas, by the way, Danny? Anything uh, you want to share with uh, I was going to ask. I got – this is the first year I think I remember that I got nothing Bears-related in terms of really? Christmas gifts. Yeah, so that, that tells you – people around me know that I'm, I'm very, very uh, upset with, with what's going on at the house. <laughs> I but, love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you know a bunch of nice stuff, uh, you know, you know the typical uh, clothes, gift cards, so on and so forth. So I uh, can't complain. Very blessed. Very blessed to have uh, family and loved ones in my life. There you go. Uh, the only Bears thing I got for Christmas was a 2022 calendar, Chicago. <laughs> Looking towards the future. Looking exactly. towards the future. But the funny thing about it is that, you know, there's, there's a picture of a Bears player for every uh, – 
every month and it's, most of the players aren't going to be here next year like there's a picture of Allen robinson for february it's like he's going to be here in march so uh, and well, honestly, technically he'll still be part of the team in february and march is becoming the free agent when you leave so february is, technically he'll still be part of the team so. that is true nonetheless i will put that calendar uh to good use as we bring you uh tons of bears ca- coverage uh for the next two weeks and into the off season we have tons of fun looking at free agents and and danny of course co-hosts the show draft on tap you can see the poster board uh behind his left shoulder and on and on and on we got we go so uh for all your bears needs uh think of us uh at the top of your list or near the top of your list we really appreciate all of you being a part of the barroom network barflies as we like to call you so uh for danny shimmon for tyler ellis who we who got dropped out and uh has not returned but i'm sure uh he's well uh and for john buffon who couldn't join us today thanks for watching everybody bye-bye